up, y'all, and welcome to Leadership with LaToya for Leaders on the Grow. Today's topic is about the behaviors of effective leaders, and we're so excited. Guess who's on the show again? It's Mike Wakesness. Hope you follow him on Twitter by now. Hey, Mike, what's up? How's it going, LaToya? Glad to be back. It's terrific. You know, in uh, some of our conversation this week, as I was thinking about our topic, I just had to have you on the show because we've had so much discussion over the years about these things that we're going to talk about. Certainly. Um, So let's get started. Let's tackle our first question. You know, I think it's extremely difficult for leaders and subordinates to accept constructive criticism and that being able to do that takes a lot of practice. So my first question for you, Mike, is, How do you think effective leaders respond when they receive critical feedback or constructive criticism? Well, first, I want to say no one likes getting criticism. Typically, principals, leaders are high performers. They've done uh, a good job on mostly everything they've done. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it kind of stings when you when you get criticism. But you really have two choices when you receive that criticism. One, you either shut down and just continue to do the same thing incorrectly and you don't grow or you take it as a learning opportunity and say okay well you know trying to understand where the person's coming from see it through their point of view and then realize that you as even when you're a leader you haven't arrived so to speak you have to continue to learn and grow so i think one of the key mistakes leaders make is when they get criticism they brush it off they shut it down or they build up a Um, I don't know, a persona, a culture around themselves where people are afraid to give them criticism, and that's just as bad. If people don't feel comfortable pointing out something you need to grow on, I think that's just as detrimental, uh, you know, as anything else. I think that's a key part of it also. Oh, Mike, you made me think of so many things because here's what I believe. I think, you know, there is a such thing as a leadership maturity that folks have to um, have in order to... um, respond appropriately to criticism and I think sometimes folks respond with emotion and that emotional resistance to critical feedback definitely impacts the way you can be coached by those above you so if your um you know response to to constructive criticism or critical feedback is one where you lead that reaction with purely emotions and not emotional intelligence you present um, yourself in a way that really makes it difficult for others to grow you. Um, I I think that effective leaders do an excellent job with really listening deeply and reflection. And so before they respond with defensiveness or deflection, they tend to really take in what's being told to them and they think about how they can use it for their own professional growth. Um, What I've seen in my experience is those who resist Uh, critical feedback often view um, criticism as not being supported. And I've written about that in an earlier blog that support, lack of support, um, uh, lack of agreement is not lack of support. Um, So many folks need help uh, uh, in practice around that. Let's move to our our second question. Um, And speaking of criticism, you know, there's ways to that, that leaders, effective leaders provide that just like praise. So talk to me a little bit about your beliefs about the difference between how a really great leader provides criticism versus how they provide praise. Well, I think the, the, the key part to start with is always criticize in private and praise in public. Now we could probably spend a whole 
five different episodes on praising and how you do that effectively. But but focusing on the the critique and providing that in private, of course, you're not going to do that in front of others, and helping the person see that the issue exists. Because just like leaders, uh, everyone else, they take criticism in different ways. Some are great at receiving it. Some are very resistant. So remember, as a leader, going into that conversation, your end goal is to help support that person and get them better at whatever the task is. So thinking through and being intentional about how you provide that. And I know when we, when we work together, Latoya, we always try to have that based on data, not just something you feel or a hunch they're doing something wrong, but actually showing them the data, it makes it a little bit easier for them to accept. Because again, your end goal is to get them better. And for that to happen, they have to accept it first. I think that's a key part of it. I agree. You know, I always tell folks, I believe in evidence-based evaluation. It's about the evidence. So if there's an issue about your performance, then you better believe I've got some evidence around the quality of your work or lack thereof, the timeliness of your submission of work, um, things like that. It's about having evidence. And also with the praise piece, you know, I, I could not agree more. Praising in public is so essential for leaders. And it's also about praising those behaviors you want to see replicated. So I'm very yes. intentional about how I offer praise. I, I just don't offer praise uh, at random, just, you know, wow, you're doing a great job. I try to be very specific about what I see that I like and that I think deserves praise. And I try to praise those behaviors that I want to see replicated. So if folks who work with me are paying attention to who I praise and what I praise them for, hopefully they can easily see what um, I expect of them and what I'd be looking for in terms of what I would qualify as excellence. Um, Certainly. I think, uh, Latoya, when we work together in the same building we would be very intentional about that we had something we called the weekend update we sent it out each week to all the faculty and staff and we had a kudos section we called it and we praised specifically for things that we were working on as a group so if you're working on certain targets or strategies with your employees that's a great opportunity to praise in public for those specific things absolutely absolutely so let's let's move to our last question, Mike. And this, I think, you know, these three questions are power packed and we probably can come back to some of them in an episode, as you were saying, and dig a little deeper. But our last question is about positional power. You know, tell me about, I know we've talked a lot about our personal views of positional power and our professional views. Tell me, how do you think effective leaders view positional power? Well, I think it's important to note that positional power is fool's gold. There's no other way around that. When you become a leader, you're a leader in title. And other than that, that doesn't mean much. Because if you don't cultivate those relationships and allow people to let you influence them, you're never going to get to where you need to go. A lot of people, especially new leaders, uh, when they come into the role, they feel like, okay, I have the title. You're going to do what I say because I'm the boss. And I think that is the most ineffective way possible to lead anything. And I learned a lot of this from you, Dr. Dixon. It, you know, it's really about gaining the trust and the support of those who you are charged with leading so you can help them reach the, the organization's goals. So it's about influence and building those relationships. And if people feel that you are behind them and you know what you're doing, you have the technical knowledge, you have the leadership knowledge, they will allow you to help the group work together as a whole to get towards the goal. If you have images in, of, in your mind of you leading because your title says CEO or principal, that's not going to work for you. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I have to echo your sentiment. I mean, positional power is one of those things that is a definite last resort for me. I, I try not to uh, go there unless it is absolutely uh, necessary. I right. think that so many folks forget that at the end of the day, every human being is uh, granted the ability to choose and folks have a, a right to choose whether they choose to do what you ask them to do or they choose not to do what you ask them to do. So if we really want to help people, we try and cultivate them in a way that garners trust so that when we do offer critical feedback and, and criticism that they know we're coming from an authentic place in our intention. Um, I think it's when folks question your intentions that they choose not to trust you. And that happens sometimes based on their previous experiences or maybe just personal imbalances or things that are going on. But I think positional power is certainly fool's goal. And I love the way you've coined that term, Mike. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening um, to Leadership with LaToya. We're so happy that uh, our podcast seems to be getting lots of feed hits and we've got uh, a good a good number of subscribers. We want to ask you before we go, make sure you leave a review on iTunes so that we can keep bringing you the absolute best in, le- in, in leadership. Um, until next time, be you, be true, be a hope builder. This is Leadership with LaToya for Leaders on the Grow.